welcome to the show. Um, Dr. Lydia Kang is the author of Young Adult Fiction, Adult Fiction, and Nonfiction and Poetry. She graduated from Columbia University and New York University School of Medicine, completing her residency and chief residency at Bellevue Hospital in New York City. She's a practicing physician who has gained a reputation for helping fellow writers achieve medical accuracy in fiction. Her poetry and nonfiction have been published in JAMA, the Annals of Internal Medicine, Canadian Medical Association Journal, Journal of General Internal Medicine, and Great Weather for Media. She believes in science and knocking on wood, and currently lives in Omaha with her family. The reason why I said that so quickly is because I forgot to press record at the beginning of this. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so we're having to redo only, well, actually, I... And thank you for reminding me because we only got a couple minutes in, so that's good. That would have been off because I have done entire episodes without remembering to record. And it's happened a couple of times. And I got to say, both times that it happened, um, <laughs> the authors were kind enough to either just keep to do it again on the spot or come back and do it another time. And I was just, oh, like, yeah, you can imagine how like much of a bag of shit I felt. It's horrible. To my we credit, have caffeine. we both have our mugs of I'm tea. I'm doing tea. I don't know. Tea, okay. Doing. Yeah, no, I'm a, I, 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 uh, I've got coffee going right now, but, um, I will say, I think my success rate though, or failure rate is pretty good. I think it's, it's gotta be less than one. I don't even know how many podcasts I've done or, or 15 years of podcasting. So it's, wow. probably less, it's gotta be less than 1%. So I'll, I'm, <laughs> that's pretty good. It's not bad. It's not bad. We were talking about actually sort of a, you're, you know the science of knocking on wood and i was sort of we were talking about like the history of where knocking on wood comes from and i like that's interesting too you're so you're you're going to be or you're in the middle of writing a book on pseudoscience uh, mm -hmm. with, with a partner a writing partner or, or a co-worker or something and um that's an interesting thing and you're right it is part of we were talking about sort of how these types of things find their way into everyday uh language and society and mm -hmm. it, it, you know it's i don't know how far into the research you are yet or not but like looking up the, the history of these different things and it's so strange right especially from a western culture because we tend yeah. to either like borrow steal other cultures mm -hmm. you know ideas and and uh you know sort of superstitions and practices we have a few superstitions in you know, that were that come from the west but not many we usually like i said we usually steal them because we're colonizing and settling and doing all those fun things that white people do but um uh what is any how far into that book are you now research wise have you started or no yeah, we started, um, Nate and I usually split the books up. So we've written a book on the history of quackery. We've written um, a book called Patient Zero, which okay. was about the history of pandemics. And we usually split the books up 50-50. Uh, okay. So um, I think there's some people who think like, oh, Lydia's the doctor. So she must just do the fact checking and Nate writes it all. And it's actually, that doesn't, that's not how we do it. We really split it up based upon our, our strengths and what we want to, we, we have a little fight in the beginning and over which chapters we're going to write. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so right now we're sort of halfway into writing these books and, you know, they're, um, the, the chapters are all due in early fall. And, uh, I'm currently researching cryptozoology, okay. which is very, very fun chapter. And, um, uh and like i've been i've written a chapter on flat earth i've written a chapter on ghost hunting it's really <laughs> i i i'm i will read this book i love it um <laughs> and i'm because i'm constantly because i'm a i'm a big science guy and i'm constantly mm -hmm. like arguing with people and there is a shocking amount and i mean it's not it's a it's relatively a small percentage but there is one is too many but there's a shocking amount of flat earthers still around and you know what, like there's funny things like I work at a nuclear plant and so our turbines are actually so long that they- Wait, you, do you work at it now? Yep. Oh my gosh. And they, and they um, our turbines are so long and large, they actually account for the curvature of the earth. Um, and so there Whoa. are, so there are flat earthers though that work there. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? And it's I'm like, like, why do you think the turbines are? Make it, why like, do you think? Make oh it my, stop. And, oh my gosh. Uh, and it's, it's, um, I mean, it's like, I'm one of these people that like, all I needed was that 19 was, when was the first shot from space? 62, I think, or something. Mm -hmm. The first mm -hmm. shot from space. You know that, the, the very yeah. famous image of yeah. the which is a composite. And they get, you know, they get very angry about that. They're like, it's not real because right. it's a composite photo. And it's like, you can't actually take a whole picture of earth unless you're so far away that's right and i'll be like but a human didn't take that picture so that wouldn't count if it's 
<laughs> I mean, there's just, it's, it's sort of this endless, endless, you can't win, you can't win. Um, because they set the rules on what what they decide to to believe or not. So it's well, very- they, well, yeah, they because they they're a postdoc, they're post hoc debaters, right? They start with their conclusion and work their way backwards. So it's yeah, 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 yeah. And then yeah. They pick whatever facts they need that are convenient. But yeah, all I needed was the first images of the Earth to convince me that it's you know, it's not round, it's misshapen. But um, uh, that's all I needed. But it's funny the evidence people require for stuff like that. And then also really quickly, there's this is a sort of story I've, I've said before, but. There was a, a flat earth, every country, I think, has their own flat earth society. And uh, the Canadian one, actually, uh, have you ever heard of the West Edmonton Mall? No. Okay, so you know Edmonton, the city mm-hmm. of Edmonton, Alberta? Yes. They have a, it's called the West Edmonton Mall. It's, I think it's the biggest mall on earth, like indoor. Like it has like roller oh, coasters. Wow. It has roller coasters inside of it. And water oh. Coasters. Like it's, it is, gi- it is purposely gigantic. And so you can imagine this accounts for the curvature of the earth, of course. Yeah. And so the Flat Earth Society a few years ago held their annual meeting at a hotel there uh-huh. at, a, at a conference room. So not only are they at the mall that accounts for the curvature of the earth, but, <laughs> but, I, but, I, but I kid you not, the, 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 either the hotel or the room they had booked was called Fantasyland. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, my gosh. Like, like you, can't, you can't even make that up. So... Uh, I don't know, but yeah, it's uh, they're out there. But yeah, so that's funny. That yeah, I would love to hear. And there's a really good, really quickly. There's a. I don't know if you're done. Are you finished that flat Earth chapter? Because there's a really good. Professor- I am finished the flat Earth chapter. Okay. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a really great Professor Dave YouTube clip of him debating a flat Earth people, and it's uh, he's just he has way too much fun with them. But uh, it's it almost it's almost cruel after. <laughs> but when you're on if you're on the that side it's it's good fun. yeah it's you know like you could talk about these things and it's it's very one of the things that we're trying i think really hard to do is trying to be kind of empathetic about the perspective and where the thoughts yes. are coming from because it's like yeah. it's really easy to um and i had to be very careful when when we pitched the book about like this is not going to be about just like ridiculing people who don't believe mainstream science it's about more understanding and why yep. so it's been very it's been a really good process for me to try to find those nuggets of sort of humanity from the other side to understand like why why this has to be and why they think why people will think um certain things that are you know considered pretty much pseudoscience that that kind of thing but um I could talk about this all day, but I could also talk about your job because I'm and I'm like su- super fascinated by the fact that you work in a nuclear plant, sure, and I kind of want to know what you do. But I know that's not technically the topic of this. Um, we, can, no, we can talk about whatever. I this is what I meant <laughs> when I sort of in the preamble, right? I was saying like this is sort of this is exactly what I like to do here. Like I don't really write anything down. I just um, it's I like to, to just talk. I love authors. I love talk. I love authors' brains. Um, yeah, that's an, yeah, it's an interesting point too, and I hope and I love that you said that too because I, I really do as as much fun as it is sometimes. I do sort of like to empathize with the other side on a lot of very important issues, especially existential issues and you know the hot topics of the day and stuff. And we have to remember, and I also remind people of that all the, this all the time that at one point, I mean, the con- the consensus that the Earth was flat, mm-hmm. was, right? At one point in the history of the planet, everyone except maybe one brave soul who was mm-hmm. hung in the town square. Yeah. You know, they had to, it took a while. It took it, a lot of math. And at one point, the earth was the center of the universe. And at one point, we were afraid of the sun and, you know, like predominantly, right? So we have to, uh, yeah, that's something that I, I like that you said that because you're right. We're not going to, we're not, we're not going to change minds by insulting people and making fun mm-hmm. of them. And mm-hmm. they're only going to take that for so long, right? So I'm with you on that. Like present, present a good, good, strong argument in that should be enough it's sometimes it's not but, uh, it may not be but we'll yeah. endeavor to try um but you know it's in in the meantime it's kind of fun to um you know switch back and forth between you know writing sciencey stuff writing star wars stuff and here you are switching between your job as in in I don't know if you actually have a job in nuclear physics or you work in or or, or what exactly you do, but um, but it's it's kind of fun having a foot in two different worlds at times, you know. It is, and and the and of course, I know you know we'll talk a bit about this. You know, you've you've been you're a longtime Star Wars fan, um, mm-hmm. um, and I know you've heard. You know, there's always this. It'll never end, obviously, but this, you know, there's always someone that's going to question this, the science of Star Wars, right? The physics and <laughs> like of this completely fictional made up universe. There's yeah. always someone that's going to question yeah. 
you know, yeah, absolutely. How, how, you know, how, how bombs can fall in space. And, and I know, I know. And like, uh, you know, it's at some point in time, you have to kind of <laughs> bombs fall in space. Oh my God. Um, like at some point in time, you have to um, put a certain amount of, of, of logic into it. And then you also have to be able to know when to let go. Cause I, Zoraida and I, um, when we were talking about like how the planets were with each other and then there's a moon that they share and yep. we had these like long discussions about like exactly how is the moon shared between two planets and we had these like we had talks about them and we decided it was going to be a certain way and then it had to be another way and then and, and it's um yeah at some point in time we just sort of like had to kind of let it go and just be like you know what it just is what it is and we're not going to explain sort of the um astrophysics of exactly how this happened but it is uh, but there are things like that that happen throughout the series, and that's why it's science fiction and, it, you know, it's, and, a, it's, and a touch of fantasy, right? I mean, fiction being the key keyword there, yeah. yeah. And, there's, and there's also like, and as you know, a longtime author and, and a longtime reader, and there's there's you know there's hard sci-fi and there's soft sci-fi, right? And obviously, yeah. obviously, Star Wars is soft sci-fi. But as, listen, as long as fiction is in the, is in you know the headline, uh, everyone should just sort of shut the f up and I know, <laughs> just, enjoy, I know. just enjoy uh, the, the to me that the most it's funny how the most glaring example of, of being able to like like you said just switch make that switch right whether you're watching something or reading something turn mm -hmm. your brain off and enjoy the ride i always bring up like but no one has a problem with clark kent just putting glasses on and no one <laughs> right like that's okay that's fine i know so, you know, apparently like, we like, have look, i'm gonna here ready look you can't recognize me now, can you? I don't no. know who. Where'd you where, go? Oh where, my god, you're back now. There's two I people. Know. There's two people there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know that's okay. <laughs> that's acceptable. But as a farce. But uh, heaven forbid. Yeah. Right. Heaven forbid. Uh, you know the Millennium Falcon can't have thrusters or something. I don't know. Whatever. But um, yeah, it's a funny. You've been in the game long enough. It's a, and I know you know the arena you are are now a part of. It's a. Uh, yeah it's, yeah it's a it's a fun one. it's an interesting one that's for sure it's funny it's funny how like it's sort of like this um i don't want to say exactly a slide roll or something like but like you know the like where you decide to sort of like let the fiction take over and let the science just sort of fall away everybody has every book has its own little like meter you know yeah yeah the novels that i've written you know have occasionally attacked the sort of um the non-sciencey stuff in like you know x-men and Sure. Right, to make genetic mutations that made a little bit more sense that like right. it, 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 in a certain way, as opposed to like this one mutation that causes all these like different phenotypes. It just never made sense to me. But at the, at the same time, it's like, it's still not possible. So it's, right. um, it's so much fun to play around with that. And even when you get really, really sciencey, like if you look at like Andy Weir's books, you know, like the Martian yeah. and stuff like that, like yeah. people are still like, there can't have been a storm. Like it's not possible to have a storm like that on Mars. That sets the whole book off. Um, you just decide where the marker is and then you let go. And that's just how it goes. That's what I think. And Star Wars, um, you know, doesn't, do this all the time, but it does it enough, uh, and and other science fiction does this. Some does it really well, where it, it it comes close enough that it's recognizable science. Yes, and that's when right, and that's when I remember this thing years ago. They say like this is a bit different, but with the James Bond movies, when they made a switch, like when Daniel Craig came on board and stuff, mm -hmm. and then they got more sort of like story driven, more character driven, yeah, mm -hmm. less like techno gadgety. Yeah, and I remember reading a thing at the time, and they said the uh, writers and all that stuff said because yeah, they had to make that switch because they were struggling because real life technology caught up with our imagination. Yeah, in a right, especially as far as spy stuff goes. Um, I know, like the stuff that we have in the world is 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 the stuff of science fiction in a lot of ways. I mean, now if you yeah. think about some of the cool stuff that's out there in the world, um, especially now with AI, but um, yeah, so it's it's I love good science fiction that that brings you just close enough to where it's 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 tangible, it's recognizable in a yeah. real, in a real world sense. Yeah, and then so that's what that's what you guys are so great at. You you bring us up so far along, and then you you get to creatively push us over the edge with something yeah. fun. Like, and I guess the the hope is that you know you write a good enough story where you become invested ultimately in the characters and what the characters are doing that you let that all that stuff becomes that blur in the background yeah, yeah. and it's just all believable like you're just totally invested. It's a background character really is what yeah. it should be right yes. and that's like the hope right is that yeah. you can get to that point where suddenly people are sucked in and they're just turning pages and not 
And that's, that's, um, that's the best feeling when you know that you can try to do something like that. That's right. And that's, again, it's like, it's like, just sort of like, you know, be quiet, enjoy the ride. You know, yeah. I mean? like, don't, don't, don't worry that a lightsaber isn't theoretically possible, right? Forget yeah. it. It's fine. It's fine. It goes to show you that it's funny. Like everybody has their, like, just like every story or every writer is going to have their sort of place where they decide to sort of let fiction take over. And yeah. every reader is going to have that sort of, um, that, uh, that tipping point, right? Yeah. Um, and that's what's that's what Star Wars is kind of like you have the universe sort of already set for you so in a lot of ways the work is done yeah. you know for you you're sort of like okay it's in the Star Wars universe you're gonna you're gonna step in and there are certain things you're gonna expect are gonna right. be um so that part it I think took a while for me to get used to uh just because I knew I had to sort of um work with uh work with the universe that exists you know before i but i before i put my pen to paper um which is where things like again you have uh there's already i mean the sandbox is is, is huge at this point right so you have yeah. that you have so much to lean on right i mean the story group obviously is always a phone call or an email away but you mentioned zoraida who i absolutely adore you have all these authors that came before you and and especially now with the way the high republic thing works is you all are definitely more you know you're, it's a group effort like like we haven't seen before in Star Wars. So it's, it's you have all this like this these resources available to you beyond Wikipedia, <laughs> right? or, uh, you know, like which is great and all. But I mean, you know, you've got you have literally have the source, um, and that's an amazing feeling, I would imagine. And uh, and all, and as as intimidating and like you said, as maybe difficult as as it was sometimes to to jump into the sandbox. I have to imagine that at some point though that really it. And I know this talking to other so many authors about it too, with other IPs, whether it's Star Wars or whatever, it it is freeing a little bit because you have kind of a roadmap in a way. And that should allow you a little bit of freedom to really focus on your characters in a way, right? Like the character mm -hmm. becomes predominant at that point. Cause like you said, it is an established universe. You don't have to spend chapters explaining fucking light speed. You know, <laughs> like, you know, you can spend chapters on where, where it should be spent at this point, at this stage, mm -hmm. phase two of this huge initiative, you can, and you put the focus where it needs to be. You put the spotlight on where it needs to be. And that's probably the best compliment I can give cataclysm. And like, I remember reading and so I used to write for the force.net. Like I've been in this thing for a while and uh, yeah, that's awesome. And the publishing side of star Wars has always been my favorite since I was a little tiny Steve, like I star Wars books is what I read in the eighties and then in the nineties and, and so forth. So um, the publishing side of star Wars has always been my favorite. It always will be. I'm heavily invested in it. I mean, you can't see the shelf. <laughs> are over. Yeah. I've like, I mean, I just have every star Wars book. So, I mean, but I was, I, I posted something too and I was talking to my editor and, I'm like cataclysm. I'm not. It's funny. The th I was crying earlier watching an anime, and um, like I cry all the time watching different things. I'm a big fan of sentimentality and stuff like this, so that those things tend to make me emotional. But um, and I but I rarely cry reading, and I've never cried reading a Star Wars book. But I teared up reading Cataclysm um, at you know the, at the end and uh, achievement unlocked. That caught me. It caught me off guard too. Don't worry. And uh, I, I you know that's that we won't go too spoilery there sure but i mean listen there's a there's there's the the huge the second half the second half of this book is fucking bananas um it's, <laughs> it's, it's um it's it's insane right because it's 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 something that was hinted at in phase one the night of sorrows so we finally get the night of sorrows the big fight that happens mm -hmm. and it basically takes up the second half of this book it's intense and it's one of those things that not only do some things happen that are highly emotional um and but at that point it's like you've been holding you've been holding your breath for so long as a reader so i think it's just like it's emotional because it's emotional because it's there are i'll just say it there are some things that happen that are sad it's also just like um i you're exhausted like i was exhausted yeah. by the end of this yeah. book and that's and that's not a negative at all like it, this was yeah. great 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 reading experience for me as someone who's read uh, who knows how many star wars books this was a wonderful reading experience for me. And I remember getting to the end of it and I was and I was crying like tears. And uh, and that was because I was thinking like, 
geez, I don't know why this is, this is really sad. And it should be because there's, you know, like, again, some stuff happens, but at the same time, it's like, yeah, I'm just also really exhausted. Like, and I think that's because the characters are so exhausted because you put everybody through this incredible mm -hmm. sprint and it's just like, you don't give them any respite at all. They, you don't give them a second of time no. to relax, to have a drink of whatever they're drinking, to just like rest. And it, like, it feels like your characters haven't slept in weeks and <laughs> you well, know. they are i mean they're they yeah. are exhausted i mean they're coming yeah. off of the battle of jetta yeah. um which you know doesn't have to be a spoiler because that's the name of yeah no, no, that, yeah. well that was in the no you know everybody's like everybody's tired everybody's exhausted and we made it a living hell for them and we yeah. kevin and i were like sort of writing these simultaneously and it was just like we we knew what we were doing and we knew you know, from the get-go, this thing was going to be called the Night of Sorrows. And so, yeah. so things had to happen. And if it, I don't know if this makes you feel any better, but like every time I read through scenes towards the end of the book during revisions, because there were, you know, revisions and copy edits and past pages and every, every single time I, I cried, like, and I was like, okay, I don't usually cry writing my own stuff, but like, what's going on here? It was um, such a, such an experience writing this. And I knew it was going to be a gut punch and i and i had intended for that to happen from the second that i sort of signed on i sort of knew what was going to have to happen and so it was really a lot of work it was really hard to make sure that 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 i was going to build and craft that um that escalation and that exhaustion um as you read through that second half of the book um but uh I think it worked because I don't, I know like if I, if I'm crying reading copy edits, I'm like, I must be doing something. Okay. Cause it's working. Okay. Um, so are you normally like that with, with books and the, your, your books? Like, are you an emotional writer? I, I am. I mean, I'm right there. I mean, it's funny writing fiction. I think there's some people who can write it and they're sort of very removed from it. And they're sort of like, I'm the puppet master and I'm pulling the strings of all the emotions of my readers. And I know exactly what I'm doing. And I, and for me, it's sort of like writing fiction is a right of acting, is, is an act of writing emotional nonfiction. You know, like you are in, you're in the character, you're going through what they're going through. And if they're going to be in a huge amount of pain, you got to be able to feel it as you're writing it. That's sort of how, so I feel very close to the stuff that I'm writing um, to get some of these scenes down. Um, and that's just, I guess that's sort of, you know, they've always, I remember just from the first get-go when I started writing fiction and you would hear all these sort of cliches like write what you know and blah 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 and all this kind of stuff and like it it really actually means a whole lot is that I I you you write feeling terrible things that you've either gone through in your life or you can empathetically imagine exactly what that would feel like and you put it on the page like as raw as you can and especially it works out you know yeah well especially if the subject subject matter is 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 what it is which is you know uh you know dire, <laughs> you know. dire, dire, dire. um and and it makes sense and i you know i've, I've asked uh, almost every author that question like the, because that's part of the process like and you spend more time with these characters thinking about these characters than anyone else presumably right or should anyways mm -hmm. um so it's to me it's natural that you you should have an affinity for them Certainly, like, and that doesn't, and I don't care if they're, you know, protagonists or antagonists or whatever, like Star Wars, is there's, is there's so much in the in between too, right? Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. There's so much gray in Star Wars, which is one, which is what makes it, you know, just, just a nice universe uh, to play in for sure. But um, and this book certainly has, it has more than its share, but uh, yeah. this, this phase has more than its fair share. But yeah, like you spend so much time with these folks and you should, I mean, if you didn't get emotionally attached, I would be concerned. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Are you exactly. okay? Yeah. Yeah. Are you all right? Yeah. Like I was, I just finished reading um, um, the the boy who uh, boy who drowned the world, Shelley Parker um, Chan's duology. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's out uh, in a few months, and like I posted something like, "Holy shit! Like you need." You're going to need to read something very breezy immediately after this. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and so they said while they were writing it, um, they had to sort of break 
and watch something uh, they were watching k-drama and stuff to sort of just offset yeah. because it's yep. like it's <laughs> man talk about uh warnings ahead of those ahead of that the second book like it's an, it's insane but yeah. uh, the second half of your book is i mean it's it's not hers is an adult sorry there's an adult story and it's 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 incredibly uh violent but uh you know the second half of this book is is you know contextually violent very violent and yeah, yeah. did you find that you had to sort of take a break from that or did yeah frequently yeah frequently there's like um it's funny there's a I don't know if you ever used to watch this uh, um read this cartoon Bloom County from like ages ago and there was this character Oliver Wendell Holmes Jr this little kid who's like superstar brilliant and he would be looking at the cosmos and he was just like so overwhelmed by like the the largeness and the expansiveness of it and then afterwards he's like and then he sort of wallowed in the mundanity of a chocolate chip cookie he's got this huge cookie in his mouth like with this giant bowl of milk and he's just sort of sitting there yeah. <laughs> I feel like that is what I have done like I have like gone through these like moments writing these things or revising them or something and I get up from my where I'm writing and I like go to the chicken like the kitchen and I'm just sort of like I need cookies I need milk I need tea I need to just blitz out for a moment and just you know um just recover and then I kind of go back to it um, and I think there were moments where Tom Taylor, my editor, was also like, yeah, I need a moment. <laughs> understood. <laughs> understood. That's totally, that's good. If I'm making you feel that, then that's, that must be doing something right. Well, that's uh, it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah, like it's like, it's, it's a good, it's a good run the second half. Like I said, it's, I mean, but I mean, it's, it's been building to this moment. So, I mean, in a way it kind of, it has to be this way, I think. And um and you, you know, you put, you have these, these characters are so great and so well established at this point because of the way this initiative works. And, you know, we've spent some time with a lot of them already. And, but then you get to throw in some new people who I just, I mean, um, is it, uh, uh, is it Kippa or how do you say Sippa? Sippa? Sippa. Sippa Tarko. Yeah. Yeah. So I like, I had fun. I had fun writing Sippa, creating Sippa. I had fun writing um, B-Note Hello, the, yep. the agent of the path of the open hand. Um, yep. So those characters sprang out of my brain and, and I, I, I really wanted them there doing their thing. And, and they were, they were so much fun to write, um, trying to really figure out who they were and what they were going to do and how they were going to turn out at the end. So I, yeah. It's amazing what my, I think the stuff I liked about Sippa so much was, um, you know, we, we rarely, I don't know, it, Star Wars doesn't really deal with death that well. Not really. Um, not, not in a tangible way. I mm -hmm. mean, obviously, you know, planets are destroyed, billions of lives lost. We, we all know those famous lines yes. in Star Wars and stuff, but it's, yes. it's always, it's always from like a macro as in, Yes. Macro as in a broad sense from way far back. We pull way back and we understand mm -hmm. this massive loss of life, but rarely do we get to see characters um, uh, meet death for the first time. And yeah. so um, Sippa is, is Yaddle's not even Padawan. Um, yeah. She's sort of like a, she's like a youngling with exceptional abilities that needs like extra. Right. So she's not at the Padawan age. She's in between. Yeah. Youngling yes. and Padawan sort of age and so because she's exceptional um poor yaddle gets uh it gets put in charge of her <laughs> they're back and i i can't tell you how much i god i don't know that might be my favorite parts of the book but um i really really love their relationship anyways you uh sippa greets meets death for the first time yeah um, and uh, you know it's not it not in the the it's not necessarily I'm not going to say it's not important of the you know the death that she experiences but it's very important but at the same time it's also as far as uh uh how she reacts to it is is important I think more important but um that was a that, that's a very emotional that's a very important scene and I really appreciate it because that's something we don't always see in Star Wars um yeah yeah take for granted you know that it could, you know because you can't you do it all the time or else it's no it's, no no it's no, like no. emotionally yeah, yeah, exhausting yeah. oh so, yeah no no for sure 
Yeah, Star Wars. Um, I it feel is, like but this the, book is this book is emotionally exhausting. Uh, yes, it is. It is emotionally exhausting. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I, I really love. I really love that part. I love that character. I love the their relationship was so amazing, and it, it has to do with like this book is full of the the phase two is full of mothers, right? Mm-hmm. You know, Kiong and uh, Alicia, who is the the mother. Mm-hmm. And and uh, Yaddle is is just Yaddle. is mothering yeah. constantly. Um, and then the, and then even the 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 planets, the twin planets, right? Like they have, uh, yes. You know, uh, he's got uh, Fantu's got two mothers. Yeah. Uh, you know, Ziri's got uh, just a father, but like mm-hmm. there's so much parenting and mothering involved, and and they play such an important part of this. Um, you're a mother. Uh, like, what was is that on your mind at all when you're going through all this stuff? And like, because a lot of it is. Um, hard decisions that have to be made, right? As a parent, and yeah, you know, yeah. like um, young Greylark makes a very important decision, right? She, you know, resigning and all these things to to be in full support of her son of Axel. This is Calendral. Um, And is this is that on your mind? It oh. it was it was, but it's funny because I didn't intend for the book to be to have so many. Um, mother child themes and after people have read it they're just like this book is full of moms and i was like it is and i was like oh it is it is there's you know there's the mother there's kyung there's there's um yaddle and i i did not intend like i did not have this like motive going into it saying like i'm putting all these like moms in here we're gonna talk about moms all the time like and it it just it really just kind of happened i think that um no, and it doesn't, and it doesn't feel. I really didn't mean to do that. I honestly. No, it doesn't didn't. feel, like, and that's the just, thing. It doesn't feel derivative. It doesn't feel, you know, yeah. forced at all. It's very. I mean, a credit to your writing. It doesn't. It feels very natural. And these are main characters. Like this isn't like these aren't background people, right? Like these yeah. Yeah. these folks play pivotal roles in your story. But it, but it, but it, but it, you know, having. I just think that's a credit to your writing more than it doesn't like scream mom. It's not like mom. mom. Yeah. 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 It, I didn't. Yeah. Definitely didn't mean to to do that. I know that, you know, the when I was writing. Huge, right. Yeah. It's a huge cast. Yeah. And I know when I was like, when I was writing Kyung, she was, I, 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 maybe this is all because I maybe from taking from personal experience, but it was very easy to write her yeah. as it was very easy to write Yaddle, even though I was, you know, as far as like source material for Yaddle, there isn't a ton. Right. And so I was there just sort of writing as I went along to try to fill in her experiences, her wisdom, her, her voice, that sort of thing. Um, and, uh, and it just, it, it kind of wrote itself. So, I mean, I had some ideas about how I wanted it to be and, um, and it just it just so happens that you know the mother um, in the path of the open hand who you know gives herself or she has this name you know the mother. Yeah. Um, it was just fascinating to be able to play off of that position in this world with someone who was um, dealing with this sort of devastating disappointment of her own child, and you know I had a lot of fun writing that. It was very very entertaining for me personally to be sure. putting it yeah. on the page um but yeah the whole time I was doing it I don't think I had this idea that like everybody's going to talk about this as being the mom book and I'm like it's not that's not wasn't the intention truly um they're just people doing what they're doing and the relationships I mean if you look at I feel like you know parental child relationships are just all over Star Wars I mean the entire oh, yeah, yeah, master yeah, yeah relationship is is really that constantly but you know playing around with you know how how tied in with emotion are we allowed to get how attached are we allowed to get it's constantly being played with in star wars and so i just sort of like fell into it as well but not necessarily super consciously it's kind of weird what happened we were talking earlier about you know this next project you're working on with pseudoscience and different things like this and 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 really more to the point sort of you know you gotta we should you gotta be we have to be some sort of, you know, again, there's always that line drawn. Like we have to be empathetic towards other people, what they believe, the things they believe in. And for whatever reason, up to a certain point, as long as they're not hurting other people, of course, that's, yeah. gotta, be, that's gotta be the line, right? Yes. Yes. Whether yes. that's, whether that's through spread of information or, or direct or whatever. So we have the, you know, the path of the open hand, right. And they have this idea, their own ideas and what the force is and how our relationships should be with the force. Mm-hmm. I mean, it turns out the mother is maybe, you know, there's 
there's multiple sides <laughs> to the mother and then um not all is what you seem and it it actually you know it turns out she's just more of just a, a shitty autocrat than than a than an inspirational uh voice but yeah. um I, I i to me as somebody who i love like my favorite um it's probably just my favorite series period of all time is uh full metal alchemist brotherhood and um so i'm a big alchemy transmutation equivalent exchange person mm -hmm. so to me their their teachings of the force are bang on like i i totally agree with how their relationship should be with the force and i've always thought this about the jedi like it's take 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 um yeah. when it comes to the force and i never i never liked the river analogy with the force and so i think they're right a hundred percent with <laughs> Um, now, I don't like the actions they take. This is what we talked about. Like, believe what you want to believe up until that point till we start hurting other people. And that's right. the line they've chosen mm -hmm. uh, to cross is they've taken this, th their ideas and their beliefs and their philosophies. Um, and it's, and it's not, it's, and, and they've, and they've gone from like progression through learning to almost progression through unlearning, because anytime we talked about this earlier, you're going to lose an audience real quick when you start blowing up buildings. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Or whatever. Well, I guess like you lose like a large part of the audience and you gain the handful of followers that were like, yes, that is that's the action to take. And that's the, where it gets really scary. Right. But it's 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 one step forward, too many backwards. Right. Like yes. it, it becomes yeah. scary. So, you know, what what do you think? Is that what's your thing with their philosophy? Do you think they're right? I think they're right. Now, again, not, not, I'm not, their actions are awful and they needed to be stopped and, and you mm -hmm. know, they're all, yes. around, you know, hopefully they're all either, you know, convinced to find a more peaceful path right. or, or eradicate it. I but. think that they, I think they need to get along better because I think that they are not um, completely at odds with each other. Like, I don't think the force is, I think that there's a way to harness the force that is not, um, appropriate as far as like there's you know there's a there is a balance that needs to be there and yeah. i think the jedi do are aware of the balance and so they're not all take 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 all the time no no i and i would never say any or all about any subject matter because it, it's there's a that's a i was talking to someone the other day about that because i used to debate in high school and stuff and anytime somebody <laughs> says anytime anytime somebody uses the words any and all or, mm -hmm. let's just stop debating because it's yeah oh yeah 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 because yeah, yeah, that's not a thing but I, they, they definitely have a good point and i'll definitely give them that because if you think <laughs> out if you think about what their what their philosophy is it really does make it does make a lot of sense and so um it's, it's beautiful in a way i really like i said i really yeah. again because of the because i'm such a thing about law of equivalent exchange and, mm -hmm. and you know that that stuff i really love right. i love that idea and i love and i just even applying that to there's, to me, there's a there's a there's a utility in that, in the yeah. sense that like, because that's how I sort of live my everyday life. Like, I'm a big pay it forward person. So if somebody helps me, I will try and reinvest that in somebody else in in, in another way, right? So that's just mm -hmm. a big part of what mm -hmm. I do because I'm a big volunteer and all these Which other. Which is things. wonderful. Yeah, and so like that's you give and you get, right? I think I just really love that idea. So I so yeah, I'm I'm a big fan of their uh, their philosophy. Not again, not saying that. <laughs> They don't, they, uh, they, they're, you know, they're, I wish they would just maybe stay on their, their pupil a bit more and, you know, and not, uh, yeah, well, uh, you know, but, sort of but then they're book to write and we wouldn't be talking, right? So there you go. Yeah. Yeah. When the organizations get a little big, sometimes certain power players start to joggle for positions well, and things happen and things and get political you, and yeah. And that's something you tackle head on with this is where, you know, especially the mother in particular, it's. You know when we this this and who even knows if i mean we know a little bit about her history um but it's it's almost like whatever her original uh what's the line about the road to good intentions or, mm -hmm. or whatever that line yeah. is right yeah. so it's it's funny how um things can sort of spin out of control and then we all become something that maybe we fought against you know, given the, yeah. we're all nature, nurture environment, right? So you put any one of us in the right circumstance and <laughs> we could all be that, uh, the ugly side that we fear so much, right? Which Absolutely. is such a big, which is such a huge theme in Star Wars, obviously. Mm -hmm. But, um, um, I want to just go back a little bit actually and talk about, because, um, uh, I'm a huge fan of the, uh, 
the point of view books. Uh, I love them. I can't wait for the return one and I hope they keep going. Oh, I can't wait for the return too. Oh yeah. my gosh. Um, so, good. so when I reviewed this book way back when, um, I did my top five and you weren't in it, but you got, the <laughs> but hold on. I know it's, it's, there's, there's a compliment hidden in here. Um, you were the, you, so there's, I did my top five, but you were my only honorable mention. Oh, my thank you. There you go. So there you go. There's a, a, a compliment in there somewhere. But um, I think I and I wrote at the time something about I'm a big AI guy. I love I I'm waiting. If you want a pitch a Star Wars book for me to the to the group, please. Like, I need, <laughs> let's hear it. Let's hear it. I need the singularity. Like, I want the first sentient droid. Like, I want the young, you know, the Star Trek with data. Like, I want the first droid to become aware self-aware i need to go back in time because we just take for we take droids for granted in this universe right that they've just always been there i want i want to go back i want the first one and i want a droid only book so you do that for me because <laughs> you would be, so be perfect awesome. because you're short and this is amazing um and i wrote i remember writing about the time like i really loved obviously this plays into you and you know your um your history as being a medical doctor and um, I loved the play between 2-1-B and um, uh, what's his sidekick's name now? I gotta look it up. FX7. FX7. <laughs> what's the what's the one line about the the, the nail clippers and the yeah? <laughs> never, oh, I'm never gonna find it in time. But um, too many arms and 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 uh, Trandoshian nail clippers at the yep. right or something. Yep. Yep. I laughed out loud uh, for that line. I love that story. I love the I love the wink and nod aspect of your short, right? Like this idea that there's more going on there, maybe than than meets the eye. And mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, I love that idea. Um, is that you know talk about? Is that something that you uh, when you were getting that and writing that for the first time? And and was that did you choose that or did they give you that? I chose it. Okay. Um, and was that because of your background yes yes okay yeah yeah um so choosing that career and, and obviously that played well into that short um which yeah again i just it was so funny i laughed out loud this idea that i've heard this before enough times so i won't give one source any particular credit but this idea especially in the medical especially when you're learning when you're in school um what's the line about 50 percent of what they teach you is wrong or something or and mm -hmm. the rest you need to figure out i'm screwing yeah up. something yeah. like that it changes all the time it changes yeah. all the time mm -hmm. and and i've seen people sort of use that as a way to discourage science and the medical industry in general and and be, be choose to be cynical about it but it's because to me it's a funny sort of that warshack test yeah. anytime you have 50 percent of anything yeah it's binary at that point right, right? So once so, you know half of them are going to find that exhausting that like you can't yeah. ever be the master of something right because you're always learning and the other half of you is like you'll never be bored because right. it's always updating there's always something to learn well that's kind of what i want to you know talk about too especially when it comes to writing and stuff when you're crafting fictional stories anyways because because things change so quickly nowadays and, and you know like to me when i hear that line about the 50 percent thing for you know students and like to me like i I definitely can be cynical. I have my days for sure, but I see that as just as a positive. And I don't like this thing where because science and information changes so rapidly these these days, especially exponentially almost, and people will use that. Detractors will use that as a way to discourage uh, yes. pro progression, right? Yes. Um, whereas oh, this is the quote. The quote. The quote is fifty percent of what you learn in medical school is wrong. We just don't know what the which fifty percent it is. Perfect. Thank you. Yeah. And then I think I think I also read something about like and, and some somebody said at one point too like it's up to you to figure it figure that out or something wasn't there like up to the students to figure that out or something like that maybe I don't like, remember that part <laughs> yeah there might be a something I, th I thought I remember somebody saying some, something unofficially more like like that but I was like oh okay and uh, but to me that says that speaks to just just the the industry I mean that like yeah. new, there's always new information there's always change yeah. that should be something you embrace not to you know not use as a way to discourage people from from um um uh whatever you know reacting to a situation whether it's politically or whatever and this has come up so much in the last three years especially right with with the pandemic yeah. and things like this but it you know when you when you sit down to write stories and stuff like that and because books can take take a while to write and are you open to new information like that when you're writing stories are you always sort of like looking for ways to 
to sort of change the story as as you move along or is it are you more of like this is this is like a more complicated you know uh water pants uh question i guess okay right yeah like, I, are you are you so are you are you because listen you're in an industry your chosen career your you know one of your careers <laughs> is is science it's based on science it's the scientific yeah. method it's 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 test formulate you know postulate mm -hmm. it's all these different wonderful things right but now as an author of course you can use both sides of your brain and i encourage you to i hope you do <laughs> i hope authors do oh, yeah. but but it's supposed to be a little bit more imaginative a little bit more creative and you're in yeah. again we talked about star wars being science light are you do you find that as an author when you're writing stories do you apply any of that part of your brain in this when you're writing a story like as in when you sit down and set out to write your story how much is how much changes for you until you get to the end yeah is, it a, lot, is um, it a lot or do you do you plot like really well it so it depends so the answer is um some of it definitely definitely changed and it, and it sort of develops as i as i write it and um it's interesting what you say about you know um about medicine and being a doctor and being in this sort of scientific world for part of my week part of my life um is that, you know, we call it practicing medicine, you know, right. and it's sort of like a joke because people are sort of like practicing, like, when are you going to get there and be like an expert? But it's um like, it is a cliche, people call it the art of medicine. But like, you know, anytime I go in to talk to a patient, and we're trying to figure something out, and we're trying to make them feel better. There's so many other things that are going into that um, formulation of a plan, because you have to have this relationship with the person, know who they are, what kind of life are they living? What's their family like? How do they deal with medicines beyond their whole medical history, right? And then there's the problem, like how do you how do they deal with the problem? How do we find it out? What are they capable of handling as far as diagnostic things? What can they afford? There's so many things. It is this very, very complicated dance that you, which is why students, medical students are in school for four years and they're in residency for X number of years because it takes a long time to get good at that. And I think that writing is similar in a way in that like when I write, I have a plot. I always have a plot. So I know exactly how the book is going to end before I start page one. I have to. Yeah. So I need that blueprint constantly. I'm not one of those people who like, I, you've probably heard of the, the metaphor of somebody who's like writing is like driving in the dark and you can only see as far as the headlights and blah, 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 blah. And I, I don't really, I can't write like that all the time, but I do know that as I'm as I'm progressing through my novel, I'm usually changing things as things go along and things start stop working. I got to go back and figure out how to, to reformulate them and stuff like that. Um, characters will develop on the page as I'm writing them against my wishes. And I'll be like, I don't know what's going on, but all of a sudden they're saying these things. And sometimes you just have to rein them in and you're just like, this is not your character. This is not your voice. And you're just delete, 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 and you start over. And sometimes you're like, wait, where are we going with this? Is this actually someplace that I want this character to be? And it just kind of happens. So there is a certain amount of like organic change that happens in the writing process that I do not plan out at all. Um, so for example, like talking about, you know, Yaddle and Sippa's relationship and, um, and, you know, bouncing off the characters of Kyung and the mother and how they deal with Axel was not something that I had formally thought out, like, I'm going to do this, and this is what readers are going to think. And it's going to be this big plan of like, I didn't really do that. I it just kind of happens. And I, I kind of knew that that I was going to like, I, I knew that they were going to these things were going to happen, but I didn't know exactly how they were going to do them. So there's a certain amount of wiggle room that I allow myself as I'm writing. Yeah. Um, and I think that is the part that either, you know, sometimes it blows up in your face and sometimes it works out really well. And somewhere between blowing up and working well is like the process of it just continues to sort of knit and stitch itself along. And, and that's sort of how it happens. But, um, but yeah, I guess it's, it's, it's weird. I, I don't think I realized um, how much sometimes the processes on both, both careers that I have tend to be, um, set in stone as far as certain I don't want to say formulas but certain things that I know are just sort of like just sort of have to get done versus me just dancing around them and making them sort of like you know patching them together and making sure that they work in a way that is um just takes 
practice and skill and experience, I guess. So, which is also why I think every time I sit down and I write a new novel, I'm like, what the am I doing? I don't know how to write books. <laughs> Still time, I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. And it's very heartening to see other authors like Zoraida or Kevin being like, starting yeah. to write a new book. Don't know what the fuck I'm doing right now. And I'm like, that's sort of how it feels every time I write a book. I like, I will take one of my books off the shelf and be like, how do you do this? Not exactly sure. Because there's a certain amount of like, there's a certain amount of magic that kind of happens that you can't, you can't really reconstruct exactly like if someone erased my uh, one of my books off the shelf completely forever and ever and 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 somebody told me you got to rewrite this book from page one it would not be the same book because i don't know how i did it well well that's that's a very reassuring answer everything you just said there and and i like i would hope that would be the answer every time because um you're not the same person Mm -mm. unless they could somehow like lobotomize you or erase (laughs) Erase, erase the memory and the experience of writing it the first time, I guess, maybe, but um, you've changed. And that's why it's such a reassuring answer, what you just said, because, yeah, part of your profession is so, you know, the medical side is so rigid by design, right? Like that's, mm-hmm. we take comfort in that, right? Like I yes. want to know what was the one guy was going on about, like, I wouldn't want to have, you know, surgery on performed on me by somebody that believed in the stork theory of, of babies, right? Like that just wouldn't sit well with me. Like we, we like, we want to know, cause we're putting our care in your hands that, that you are a studied, learned <laughs> professional <laughs> are relying on this really rigid structure, this really rigid form. Um, but at the same time, you know, in, 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 when you flip to the other career, it's gotta be different because you've changed. Like it's, yeah, it's, it's a shorter period of time and, you know, it takes you weeks, months to write a, to write a novel. But you change in that time too. And 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 you learn things about yourself and you learn things about the characters as you run. Like you said, new doors open, new paths become available yeah. to you. Yeah. And if you don't respond accordingly to, to that, then I don't know if I would uh I don't even know if I would consider you being a good storyteller at that point. Like if you you need to be open, right, to the idea yeah. of new things and popping up. And so yeah, you're right. If you had to write the book again, it would be different. It would have to be different. I would expect yeah. it to be different. I would hope it would be different. Because mm-hmm. if you wrote the exact same book word for word, yeah, you're a robot. I know, and I, <laughs> and I and like you know, there are yeah. some people who can write books and they know exactly how to. Um, I mean, like they they can write like a book a month, and and yeah. I, yeah. I and and in some ways, like if you want to do something that's a little bit more formulary, they can just they can sort of get that out of their system like fairly quickly. And I get, I get very bored doing that sort of thing, or I would get bored doing that sort of thing. So that doesn't work well, which is probably why I write all over the place. It's like, I can't, you can't sort of tack me down because I get, I can't do the same thing over and over again. Um, But also bring up the fact that like, I'm, I always have wondered about this and I don't actually have an answer for this, but I have a tendency to write things that I have zero experience in. So I have like, like when I started writing historical fiction, I didn't, I wasn't a huge reader of historical fiction. Yeah. Just went to do it. And then when I was writing Star Wars, I wasn't a huge reader of Star Wars. I was a fan, but, and I just went right into it. And so I always wonder, is it a hindrance to me or is it a good thing for me to not have the weight of all this content in my brain before I start something. Um, this is totally off topic, by the way, but I just think it's kind of interesting because I keep doing that over and over again. And I go into things without being like, so do you think that comes from just, I does, just, you just have this, like this desire to learn new things. I do. I'm yeah. really, I'm a very, very curious person. I'm like the yeah. worst person to go out like on a nature walk. Cause I'm just sort of like, what? what's that? And I'm stopping and I'm like Wikipedia it and I'm taking pictures and then I'm sending it to my son. Who's like a budding entomologist. I'm just like, I do that a lot. Like I find things yeah. super interesting and I go down to rabbit holes all the time. Me too. And people have told me they're like, you're really great at parties because, <laughs> because you can go around and like you, you, yes. just, you seem to take interest in whatever you it is. I ask because I, I ask a lot of questions uh, I'm generally curious about what other people do and how they are in yes. their lives. And they're like, so it's like, I have like a really general, like cursory knowledge of a billion things, right? Like, <laughs> like, but like, 
like a, just 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 a headline, <laughs> you yes, know, yes. because I because I'm like that. Yeah. But, you know, to do that, though, as an author like that takes guts, um, that takes courage because um, that can uh, that can well, that has that can make or break a career. But um, that can also go both ways. It can succeed or it can fail miserably. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. And, I, and I, it, it doesn't always work. I mean, sometimes I go out there and I try something like I have tried to write picture books because I had ideas and like, you know, those never sold. So, you yeah. know, they always work all the time. I can't be like, you know, doing like seven different genres at a time, but, um, but, um, but I can't, really help it if a, if a certain idea comes in my brain and I'm just like, I'm just going to try to do it. And I just sort of like try to make uh, it yeah. happen. And I, luckily I have an agent who's very used to me pitching him all over yeah. the place. And he's like, okay, Lydia, let's go <laughs> submission with this one. I'm like, thanks, Eric. I really appreciate it. But that's so, yeah. So I have like a really weird backlist, very weird backlist, but I kind of love it because it's, I'm just, it's what I'm interested in. I get bored. I love, yeah, I love, um, because I only read fiction, um, and I, I get all my other stuff from just researching online and, and other sources, my nonfiction sort of knowledge. Um, I love reading books. Uh, I love learning new things from books. Mm -hmm. I love books that make me a better human. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, and that people, I think, I don't, I don't think people give fiction enough credit for that. Like, I think, um storytelling is is a are great not just anecdotally but just wonderful ways to sort of uh explore the human condition and that can be in whether it's sci-fi or whatever and, and right. i love reading i know i've really tapped into something for myself when i when i've learned something new or i feel like i'm this book yeah. will make me a better human being right because of it whether it makes right. me more empathetic or more understanding of other people's situations or point of views or whatever so yeah i'm a big fan of that and and that's why, I, but it, I, it it takes guts to to write like that, though. So that's that's a great. Uh, I'm glad to hear you say that, and I hope you hope that continues for you. Um, I think we're gonna have to put your quote like on a T-shirt somewhere, which is basically like you know, writing is exploring the human condition. Doesn't matter if it's nonfiction or fiction, but that's really what it is, right? You write. I don't know how your desk is situated, but authors write in the world in which they exist, the time in which they exist, right? You're mm -hmm. look, you're literally looking at your front window, and you write, and you're writing a story. Whether it doesn't have, it, it doesn't have to be contemporary, but and that's why we see so much updating of things that were written so long ago that are now very problematic by today's <laughs> you know standards. And we see a lot of authors taking these things and, and reimagining them and rewriting them to reflect mm -hmm. today's sensibilities. And I'm yes. all, I'm all for it. I'm all for that. I love it. Some of my favorite, like Darling, the last few years it was a great, great reimagining of Peter Pan. Which, I, if anyone reads the original Peter Pan from like 1918 or whatever it was, like it's mm -hmm. <laughs> it's very problematic. Um, <laughs> But um, uh, yeah, Kayla Ankrum wrote that. It's wonderful. But um, it, you write in the world in which you exist. And, you know, how could it not infect, yeah. for lack of a better word, you know, <laughs> your, your storytelling, right? It should. Yeah. And I think that's that's makes for the best stories. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm always a fan of that. And I love you know, I love like I said, when I when I read a book and I end up, you know, I feel like I. I I feel like I'm sitting beside you as you're writing it. Like I, you know, when I'm, when I'm sitting there and I feel like I'm yeah. inside your head a little bit, I'm man, it's such a, it's like a weird kink for me. It's such a turn on. Yeah. It's such a weird thing. Sometimes I don't generally reread my books, but once in a while I'll like flip open a book cause I'm doing a reading or something like that. And I'll read a passage from something that I wrote like, you know, five years ago. And it's very strange to sit beside yourself. Yeah. I'm the sure. path and being like, you know, and yeah. most of the time I look at it, I'm just like, how do you do that? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you got to think too, like, you know, how much in your life would have changed? I mean, like maybe you didn't even have kids back then, or they were, they were at a certain age where they needed, mm -hmm. they needed more attention or yeah. living somewhere else. Like it's so much changes, right? So quickly nowadays. And, and uh, so when you have a career long enough, it's, it would be interesting, right? To look back and, and think about yeah. it. Like, you know, you used to write from only in coffee shops, you know, maybe you have a nice office and, you know, whatever mm -hmm. the situation is. Yeah. Right? Well, what oh, happened was I got dogs. So now I don't, I'm not a coffee <laughs> shop, like right from home because the dogs need to be at home. But, um, but yeah, yeah, it is interesting. I'm curious to see how my writing has evolved over time, but, you know, I don't have time to sit down and look through my books and 
I'm just always sort of, I haven't, I don't, I think maybe a lot of people do this as they sort of don't look back. They're just constantly looking forward to like, what's the next project? What's the thing that's like illuminating my, my screen right now that I'm entranced with. That's how it goes. Well, well that's the game, right? You're, you know, you're three books ahead, right? We're, it's yeah. all, it's a, and then and for readers, it's con it's a constant catch up. And, but for you, you're already, you've already moved on, right? You're already moved on to the next thing. So, mm -hmm. um, all right, let's get you at a couple of quick ones here. Um, Listen, don't don't tell me Star Wars Celebration was great. I know it's great. Um, <laughs> and you're treated like a rock star. I know how it works for you guys there. So it's good. Don't tell me that. Give me give me something, though, that maybe, like, give me some um, a moment that really emotionally maybe caught you off guard or something that, like, what didn't make StarWars.com. You know what I mean? Like, something right. that you experienced walking the floor or something like that. Was there a moment that you really, really kind of made it for you? Gosh, um, as for me, it's just sore feet. Like I, the last, I haven't been to one. <laughs> I haven't sore been. To feet. I didn't go to the last two. The one, the pandemic one, there was no way I was going to that one, and then I, I didn't go to the London one. But mm -hmm. I, Chicago was the last one I went to. But um, <laughs> and I, and but when I go, I'm there for all four days, right? So it's yeah, there the whole time too. I think, but yeah, give me. Was there something where you were just like, man, that was really fucking cool? Um. Besides, again, the big flashy stuff that they had you guys do. Maybe it was, it might have been the um, the March of the Mandalorians. Oh, yeah. I heard it from a really far distance. I just heard the drum beating and it was so ominous. And I was like, yeah. what's going on? Yeah. And then when I saw it and everybody was just like stopping and watching. And I just thought like, this is such a beautiful thing. I just love that this is here. And I it just, that was, that was incredible. There were... There was another moment where I just I kept bumping into the same fans over and over again. Yep. And every time I saw them, they were sort of, they just sort of be like, you know, like arms wide open. I'd be like, <laughs> they would, like once I had my like food with me and they're just like, come sit with us and eat. And I'm just like, okay. And so I'm like, sitting there and like eating with them and they're giving me all these pins and they're just, ch we're just chatting about celebration. We're just talking about their experience and, and my experience. And it was so, it was really fun to meet. Up until now, fans have only been on Twitter and on Instagram, and I just, yeah. I haven't met them in person. And I met, like, a huge number of them in person and could put face to Twitter handles. And yeah. that was really extraordinary for me because the love that they have for this world just it just comes out of their pores when you're, you're meeting them. And you feel like, oh, my God, I'm a little, I'm a part of that. I'm a part of that. And and it, it felt really, really remarkable in a way that it hasn't felt with writing other books. Especially to like, even though everyone's there for one thing, but it is, there is, there is this sort of like unofficial segregation that happens, right? There are the, the collectors and there are the art people and there are, mm -hmm. the, there are the publishing people. And then there's the, mm -hmm. the TV and the movie people. And like, there's always intersectionality, of course. Right. But, but like, I'm primarily like with, when it comes to Star Wars, I'm publishing and then I'm art. Yeah. Right? So like, I'm always at Artist Alley and I'm always at the publishing stuff. So yeah, you tend to run into the same people more often than not because of that, even though it's a huge place with so yeah. many people, it makes yeah. no sense. Right. But um, yeah, very cool. It's, it, no, it's a, it's a great, it's a great event. It's always a good time. Um, uh, all right. You want to answer this question? <laughs> favorite character from Cataclysm? Oh, favorite character from Cataclysm? You're right. Who was the most fun to write? Let's do that, actually. My favorite character is probably Kyung Greylark. Okay. Yeah. Probably probably was her. Um, I got to, she shows up in in uh, Convergence. Yep. I, I took her and I ran with her in, yeah. in Cataclysm. Yeah. And I gave her a lot more screen time, page yep. time, um, really sort of delved into her. Um, she has one of my favorite quotes from the book, which is get me some pants, which I just, <laughs> <laughs> it's, they it's... actually took that out and I put it back in and I yeah, was like, nice. we're leaving this quote. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Great line. Yeah. 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 Um, she, she's great. Um, I just, I, I, I really loved writing her and then like, you know, many, 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 Honorable mentions, which is yeah. I had so much fun writing Sippa and Yaddle. I love um, stuff, yeah. Yeah, I, I really had a, had and a lot of fun writing those characters. Um, they were really great too. Like the hold, like some of the holdovers were like like uh, Ziri and Fantu. Yeah, like, I love that tryst. That I mean, I could, I'm such a sap too. Like 
like uh, Zoraida's Duel of Fates, like the or uh, mm-hmm. um, not Duel of Fates, Fate. What, what's her book? Her old the uh... Oh, Crash of Fate. Crash of Fate. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. I'm such a sab. I'm such. I love. So, like <laughs> I could. I could just have a book with just Ziri and Fantu. I know. Um, I know. So, so you had some carryover. Say, then they you did. A yeah, carryover. it was funny because Zoraida was sort of like, oh, like you know, yeah. she's like, you better have a big kiss and Cataclysm. <laughs> I'm putting a kiss in there. Don't worry, you know, they'll make you happy. <laughs> It's funny because I'm like that too. I was like, I, you want them to be together, and they're. I know, I know. And then the Axel, yeah. like the Axel Gela, Axel yeah. Gela, um, sort of dyad was also really, really, really fun to write. And um, Warren Darga was a great, great character. I had so much fun with him yep. as well. So they were just like, I, I, I got to explore a lot of people that weren't in Convergence or got to do like sort of you know, the, the, the second half of, of their, um, their kind of character arc. And, and it was enormously fun. I have to say it just, it was awesome. And you got your, uh, you got your Yoda badge. So there you go. You're good. You're you're officially (laughs) a Star Wars author now. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Oh my God. Really? Um, can't believe it. I, uh, yeah, I can't thank you enough, Lydia. Uh, Cataclysm is great. You know, I'm I I am I'm, I'm on board with I, I I like all the High Republic stuff. This is great. Uh, it's so great. Glad great. To hear I mean, that. The, Yay! Yeah, I mean the cover's great, obviously, <laughs> and having putting Axel in the front's fantastic. And um, yeah, it's really great, Lydia. And, and it, I was she was such a fan of your. Um, I love that. Like they've just created this like minor league for just like finding authors, right? They just yeah. <laughs> like they're just I know. right. I know. It's such a cool thing that they're able to do that and find new find new voices that way and such a so smart too it's just a, such a really wonderful practical it's pretty brilliant yeah. yeah it's awesome um, I'm, I'm so glad that they did it i'm so gl- glad for the opportunity and i just still am pinching myself every day it is well no i mean like 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 rebecca kwong is 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 in this and i mean like the poppy war trilogy is maybe my favorite fantasy trilogy of all time like it's like it's it's the the talent they get you included is always i'm it makes me as like again because i'm such a publishing first guy it's just like to me they save the best for the publishing stuff like i don't no offense to the to the films and the tv series which are all fun of course but uh you know to me the the weight they put I, I just know they take it seriously. Yeah. It makes me well, the luxury of yeah. the luxury of writing is that we have, you know, 300 and some pages to really get into character. So you get to, yep. it's all the great things about the film, but like more depth yeah, and that's right. never a bad thing. So, yeah. well, thank you so much, Lydia. Enjoy the rest of your day and good luck with your next appointment. And um, <laughs> yeah, I look forward to, to whatever's next. I know you can't really talk about future stuff, but uh, I know once once they get a hold of somebody and they like their work that you're around for a long time. So um, thank you so much. It was great. Had a great conversation.